Now again, uh, today I've given out a handout of what our topic's going to be about today. So it's page one, two and three, if you've hopefully got those pages. And we're not going to be able to cover all the material that I've listed in this, and quite often this uh, discussion I break into two different discussions. But uh, I do want to cover some of the material on the qualities of truth, just so that you can, and also give you the chance to read through the other ones at your own time, so that you can start recognising what the qualities of God's truth are compared to what the qualities of our truth are all about. So the subject today is qualities of divine truth. And uh, by divine truth, I'm talking about the qualities of God's truth compared to, or different, which is different to, the qualities of what's happening within yourself, in your own truth. So we don't want to confuse those two truths, if you like. But uh, before we get started, we'll uh, talk about a few little things first. One is that I would like, if possible, that uh, some of these qualities of truth, when we come to some examples, if you have an example in your own life that sort of matches the example that I've mentioned in the quality of truth that we're discussing, if you could consider coming and sitting up next to me and discussing it with us um, in terms of how it's affected your life and so forth. So if you could consider doing that. All of you who are a bit shy about that, well, that's just an emotion, right? And, uh, and it needs to be triggered somehow. So this is a good forum in which to do that, where everyone's a bit more accepting than maybe listening to your truth outside of this kind of a forum. And today also I want to focus more on the emotions as well with regard to truth. So that'll be a part of our discussion today. And there are quite a number who weren't here yesterday. How many, how many haven't weren't here yesterday? Okay, so good half, bit over half. Yesterday the topic was fear is your friend. And if I, we may still have some leftover handouts if you want to take one of those with you as well. The reason why I mention that is because yesterday's discussion and today's discussion are sort of opposite sides of the same coin. In one is focusing on the area of fear and how it affects our life, whereas this other one is focusing on the area of truth. One of the things I said yesterday, which is very important in your own progression, is one of the, you will need to release the errors within you emotionally, but you will also need to come and accept God's truths emotionally as well. So yesterday we were talking about how to connect to these errors that we have within ourselves emotionally. And today I wanted to focus more on how to start connecting with the truths that are there, available to you, that will trigger you emotionally if you live them. And so we can often focus on truth and then everything changes in our life. Once you set your intention for truth. And how many of you have experienced that, where you've set your intention for truth and all of a sudden got hammered with it? <laughs> right, quite a few already, so that's really good. So the key is to come and be and love truth as much as yesterday we talked about embracing or coming to see fear as, as your friend as well. But today we want to talk about your desire or passion for truth and how that affects you actually getting truth in your life as well. And so I've said before that if you seek first the truth, if you keep on knocking for truth, it will be opened to you. Everything will be open to you. But only if you keep on knocking. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's only going to come to you if you keep on knocking and keep on asking? Yeah? Because you have to have a 
Exactly. It's the law of desire that, ac that accesses the truth. Many of us don't really want to know the truth yet. And in particular, don't want to know the truth yet about our own lives. And in particular, the experience the emotions of that truth once we know it. So we shut down ourselves. So who of you believes that it's actually good to tell white lies? Can we be honest? Can we be honest? There's a, there's a lot more who feel that, right? Yeah. Or, or you feel actually there's no such thing as black and white truth. And in fact you'd prefer there'd be no such thing as black and white truth. There's just all these shades of grey. Yeah, a lot of people for that. I had one fellow say to me, there's a thousand and twenty-four shades of grey that the eye can see, and he feels the truth is the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that happened when I was very young, he said that actually. And it struck me of how disillusioned this man was with truth. And uh, I've had many conversations with people about the truth being black and white. And the instant I've said that, that God's truth is black and white, that it is absolute God's truth, it's either a yes or a no answer in almost every case with God's truth, then well, as soon as I've said that, I've had people have major reactions emotionally. And why is that, do you think? Truth hurts. They feel threatened that their truth isn't God's truth. And straight away, as soon as you feel threatened, what do you want to do? Protect the castle that you built for yourself, right? And if you want to come to God, protecting the castle is going to be the last thing that you'll want to do in the end. Now we all start off wanting to protect ourselves. When the, in the first century, when I, um, just before my death, I had a conversation with Pilate. Um, some of you would realise that if you come from a Bible background, that, it, that the conversation was recorded in the Bible, although not all that accurately, I must, I must say. But we talked about truth and, and our perception of truth and his perception of truth. And he came from the position that uh, there was no such thing as that you could never ever know anything that what God felt was truth, really, in the end. He, he didn't even know whether he could believe in a God, but he felt very strongly that it wasn't about, no, you wouldn't ever know what God's truth really is. And it was during that conversation that I told him that, that I was the messenger of truth. And he actually, in the end, terminated the conversation with the question, you know, like, and it was quite a sarcastic question, actually, you know, what is truth anyway? Like, he just felt that there, were, there was no way of knowing what the truth is. And how many of you actually feel that sometimes, that, you know, you've investigated this thing, and you've investigated that thing, you've investigated all these spiritual concepts, you've heard all of these different things emotionally, and, you know, you've gone to different religious movements, and you've gone to... And, and in amongst all of that, there's a bit of truth that's hit you, but who knows what the truth really is? Yeah? Isn't that a common viewpoint? And then what happens after that is we get to feel really hopeless. Uh, and we give up. And how many of you in your own spiritual quest have had periods of time where you've just sort of said, blow this, like, what's the point now? Like, I might as well just give it up and just live my life how I see my truth is all about. So today what we're going to do is just say, uh, show you that there is ways to, to actually determine what God's truth is. And because God's truth has qualities or attributes 
that are recognisable. And when you will see these things in the world around you and in people around you and in your own emotions, you will recognise which bit is actually God's truth as long as you can see these attributes and qualities. What I'll do firstly is just uh, go through some basics about personal truth and God's truth and then we'll discuss more about uh, the qualities and attributes of the truth. The actual I've listed 16 and there are many more by the way but I've listed 16 in the outline that you've got and we can discuss them. Alright, now, um, just one thing I want to mention as an aside, there's a book that many of you might want to be interested in for yourselves, that if you haven't got it already, The Body is the Barometer of the Soul. Right? Yesterday we were speaking, yesterday we were speaking a lot about uh, fear-based and emotion-based things affecting your physical body, and how every single physical pain is a reflection of an emotional pain within you. Right? And this book is very good for that. It's not, it's not as concise, perhaps, as it could be, but it's one of the better books. It was written by a lady in Australia, Annette Newton. Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, N-O-O-N-T-I-L. So, if any of you want to have a look at that after, it's up here for you. generated a bit of discussion. What's going on then? <laughs> when you're lied to, how do you feel? Betrayed. Offended. Offended. Angry. Angry? Yes. Why does lying generate so much emotion, do you think? Because the trust is broken. Okay. So there's, there's some major issues at the soul level, isn't there, that a lie actually confronts. And now, how do you feel when someone's always telling you the truth? How do you feel then? Confident. Being honest, eh? Yeah. Many of us have never experienced that, have we? No, you, you can experience, experience it through your children. You can, because your children initially, if you don't shut them down, will initially be reflectors of truth. But often what happens is we do not want their truth reflected back at us, so what do we do? We teach them how to lie. And many of us have grown up in that. Now, you can teach them how to lie very simply, just by refusing the truth from them. And they learn that there's an emotion. When mummy feels or daddy feels an emotion of anger, then I didn't do the right thing. You don't have to say a simple thing to them, right? And all of a sudden now they're in a space where they feel the truth is actually not welcome. Now, how many of you feel with all the people around you that the truth is not welcome? How many of you feel that? Yeah. So very afraid. That, what does that cause within you? The fear of even staying in your truth, doesn't it? If the truth isn't welcome, then it means I'm not welcome. And if I'm not welcome, and nobody's going to listen to the truth that I'm speaking, in the end what's going to happen? I feel in the end that I'm going to lose all my friends, and lose all my family, and I'll be alone. And how much don't we want to be alone? 
Because we don't want to feel that emotion either. So what do we do instead? We start to lie. And lie, I don't mean just by lying. Lying isn't just the speaking of an untruth. Just holding back. Right? Lying can also be the holding back of an untruth. And your body will start to totally respond to these things that are going on within you. What happens is inside of your body, so certain chakra areas or major energy points in your body will start closing down when you feel you cannot speak your truth. So this brings us to the issue of personal truth. What is personal truth? Well, personal truth is your current emotional state and belief system. Right. Your current emotional state and belief system. Now, the New Age philosophy is that as long as you live in your personal truth, you will feel great. And that is actually a truth, believe it or not. That is, if you live in your personal truth, you will feel great. It doesn't mean that you eventually won't feel great, but it doesn't mean that you will be permanent. Because what happens is, often our personal truth is error. And all we're doing when we're living in it is we're feeling great, but actually breaking God's laws. And when we break God's laws, what happens? There's an automatic disharmony in our soul for breaking God's laws. All of God's laws are perfect, and there's an automatic, there's an automatic penalty, if you like, upon our own soul for breaking any law. So what will happen eventually if you live in your own truth only is you'll become more and more unhappy. That's why the New Age stuff doesn't work all the time. Right? So, because you can live it and live it and live it, and yet you still feel like you're unhappy. Right? You don't ever feel this really sense of joyous being, a blissful, blissful life. And that's often because what's happening is you're living your personal truth, but it's error. And you're breaking God's laws, which are causing more penalties on the soul, which causes more pain to your soul, and eventually that pain catches up with you. So that's not to scare anybody, but that's just to understand what the laws of the universe are of truth. When you reject truth, just like when you get a lie given to you, it feels bad. When you reject truth yourself, there will be a feeling inside of your soul that feels bad. And when you accept truth, there will be a feeling of powerfulness and love that comes into your soul as a result of accepting these truths. Emotionally, we're talking, right? So remember, we've got our soul, again. Okay? Our soul is always... Right? And I can't emphasise this enough. This is why I write it all the time. Emotions. We have the two influences on the soul, which are... And... And they enter our soul through our... Whoop. Gave you a clue there. <laughs> they enter our soul through our emotions, basically. Through, it, through this, all of these things, they, they get corrupted, if you like. So our desires get corrupted, our passions get corrupted, our intentions get corrupted by these errors that enter our soul. And these errors then define our life and define our happiness as well. Now, 
that state of this being of this soul, which is a combination of the truth and the error that the soul is experiencing, could be said to be the soul's personal truth. So what you need to see when you're, when you're staying in your personal truth, which, when, let, let's talk about it, what it really is, it means staying in your emotional truth, right? When you stay in your emotional truth, it doesn't mean that you're actually in truth from God's perspective. All it means is that you are in your own emotional space and you're being truthful about the space you're in. That's all it means. And it doesn't mean that that conforms to any of God's principles of truth. Now to give an example, when a murderer goes out to murder, he is staying in his personal truth. He is exercising this rageful desire that he has that's causing him to feel that he can actually murder somebody else. And he's staying in his personal truth about that. But do you think he's staying in God's truth? No. Obviously not. Right? So the two things are totally different to each other. Our personal truth and God's truth, totally separate to each other. And that's the first thing to understand. Now, our personal truth can come to be God's truth, but only if we accept God's truth into our emotional condition, into our soul. It's our soul condition which is the reflection of the truth. So, unless we receive the divine love into our soul, unless we receive that truth into our soul that comes as a part of that, we will never, ever become at one with God. <coughs> and we will hold on to our personal truth. So there are a lot of dangers for holding on to personal truth, but you must experience your personal truth to get closer to God. So, right at the moment, just feel your own emotions for a moment. Just breathe into your tummy. You can close your eyes if you want. Just breathe in your tummy and ask yourself, what am I really feeling right now? Now, how many of you feel excited? Yeah, some feel excited. Okay. How many of you feel a bit of dread? A dread? That sort of, yeah, a bit of dread? Right. How many of you just don't know what you're feeling? Right. Quite a few. Yeah. Perhaps just sailing along. Just sort of floating along. In this... <laughs> Agreeably. Agreeably. <laughs> Is that living in your passion? <laughs> You see, what ha often happens is we become so detuned from our own emotion that we're not even experiencing our own emotional truth. Right? And if you're unwilling to experience your own emotional truth, do you think you're capable of experiencing God's? Can you see that it's important to actually face your own emotional truth? So, in this discussion, please remember that I'm not saying don't live in your personal truth. I am saying, as you live in your personal truth, recognise when your personal truth is out of harmony with God's truth and realise that there's an emotion in me that creates that disharmony that I need to experience. Right? That's what I need to do. Yeah? How can you possibly know what God's truth is if you think of your own truth? Well, that's what we're going to look at in terms of the qualities of God's truth so that we can determine what God's truth actually is even just from an intellectual perspective initially. Right? But eventually, the only way to actually know what God's truth is, is to firstly experience God's love into you, 
and God's truth enters. Remember, the love always enters through the spirit of truth, through the Holy Spirit. So that, that spirit of truth can't connect to you unless you are in a state of truth in that instant. right? So you are learning truth as you're feeling God's love. So the way God built this whole system is that truth is so important to the whole process. Without the truth, the love can't be experienced. right? And that's why I said the truth will set you free. It's not the love that sets you free. Because firstly, when you start, you're not feeling any love or very much love from God, right? And there's a way to access that love, but it's only by you coming into truth. So it's actually the truth that sets you free. Learn to have a love for God's truth. That's what will set you free. Not for your own truth, but you do need to experience your own truth and understand when it's in disharmony with God's truth. Are there any questions about that? Gary? I was just uh, a bit of an example. When I was um, in either grade one or two or three or something, I uh, picked up a halfpenny on the on the, the floor of the schoolroom, which was like the carpenter's room. Yeah. And I had this halfpenny, so I went across to the shop with my mate and got a, a big lolly. <laughs> and my mate, actually, the shopkeeper gave him one, just as well. Yeah. So we went home and I was quite proud of myself, but I must have loyal over my face. <laughs> when I got home I got really, you know, into trouble, smacked and uh, I was made go back the next day and take the halfpenny another halfpenny back and then I got smacked at school. So I got really punished, punished. to tell the truth. Yeah. And when and then now I think, well the halfpenny well, no, I know, I should have left it there. <laughs> that, but what's God's truth in that? Like, it's just that there's nobody, it's probably the carpenter's money laying on the ground with a hastening. And but what's God's truth in that instance? You know, how would I relate to that? Like, from an early age, I was punished for telling the truth. Why don't you come here, up here and sit next to us? <laughs> I was getting stuck straight into it. <laughs> Gary hates being in front of an audience as well, was the comment he just made. So the key is for you to just relax and not project any of these things at Gary that he worries about. Open up, my friend. So, so the issue is that is that um, there would have been some things in the video that didn't hear that, but the issue is you basically got punished for doing something quite innocent. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I did. I just went and um, took the money, got a lolly, and everything was great until I got home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and how does it make you feel? Like, how does it make you feel? Uh, like I was pretty, I was bad for doing that. Yeah. Now, so what did it create in you emotionally? It basically created a feeling of you being like disgusting or bad. Yeah. yeah. And that you, you were almost made to feel like you'd lied right? or stolen. Stolen, yeah. So that, it, that's what she said. Your mum said that 
you basically yeah, stole, stole it. it. You stole it. Yeah, and I, I'm going to take it back and and give it to these teachers that were nuns, but that were um, fairly savage as well. <laughs> 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 So you were punished at home, punished at school, yeah. and ironically both by women as well. Yeah, and before that, but before that, like um, in grade one, I wanted to go to the toilet, but they wouldn't let me, so I wet my pants. Yeah. And then um, on the way home that day, there's uh, the sewage in Brisbane used to go out on the other. On the road, so it's green, the gutters are all green, so yeah. I slid all the way home. Oh. So I wouldn't get into trouble for wetting my pants. Uh. <laughs> so, but then I got into trouble for that as well. You got in trouble for sliding all the way home. Because yeah. I was in white, sports uniform, and they were all green. <laughs> a bad issue with that as well. And a lot of this was to do with women, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah. Do you mind explaining how it's to do with women and your relationships now? Like, you're tempted to lie to women all the time now, aren't you? Yeah. 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 And why do you do it? So I don't get into trouble, mate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can see how it's affected him emotionally now, all of these childhood experiences, right? See, I don't want to say, well, this is why. You know, I want to I take responsibility for it. Yeah, but I want to say this is why, because that's the truth. Yeah. But, yeah, but I don't want to say, well, you know, I want to be more responsible for but, but the truth is that you can only be responsible for the emotions that are within you, but to be responsible for the emotions, we've actually got to say the truth about what actually occurred in each situation. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So the truth is that firstly you were accused of stealing in this particular instance that you brought up. You were accused of stealing when you didn't steal. Mm -hmm. Then you were punished for stealing, mm -hmm. right? which wasn't the truth at all, was it, obviously? So, and then not only were you done, that happened to you at home, but you now had to give back some money that you, yeah. you, you didn't even steal. And then you had to get punished at school as well, or, you, or these people punished you at school as well. That's all pretty bad, don't you think? No, I don't. You don't? No, I, I, say, I always think it wasn't all that bad. So, what's the problem? It's a minimising issue, right? So, so why do we minimise? Remember we talked about minimising yesterday? So we don't have to feel the pain of it, right? So, so that's why we do that emotionally, minimise the whole thing. The truth is that little Gary is very, very hurt about these events. So hurt now that every interaction with a woman that gets close always involves Gary protecting himself in even little tiny things, right? Yeah. Like, you can't even tell the truth about where you've been today, even when it was innocent, right? Yeah, that's right. Can you? Yeah, even Ange, I, I, got, I, had a, I was supposed to be on a diet there a few years ago, so I had a, a chocolate ice cream or something, I forget, but <laughs> it was on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, what's that on your shirt? And I looked down and I thought, ah, ah, it's a brown mastic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a builder. He's a builder. So she, so she yeah. goes, and how did that make you feel right at that instant? There was this terrible feeling of... Yeah, just terror. Terror. Yeah. Yeah. And Gary's mother used to chase him around with a loaded shotgun. Oh, shooting. oh no. Sorry, 22, shooting at him. Right? So, 
We're talking Did about you say a very. Did minimise the gun thing just then? I was only 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can you see? Can you see why Gary feels very afraid in his interactions with women? Naturally, so. Now, now, there's a truth of God's truth never creates fear. Right? In fact, in one of the, if, I'll just have a look at it. It's uh, on page two, halfway down. Divine truth results in a fearless existence. Is what I've written there, right? Now, anything that creates fear in you, and I'm talking about the causal creations of fear here, not the effect creations. So I'm talking about the childhood creations of fear inside of you. Anything that creates a fear is based around an untruth. So if you look at what's happened to Gary's life, firstly, there was this interaction with, you know, just innocently, like a child would picking up money, saying, you really, I found some money, my good Lord, attraction. Was there a feeling in Gary when he saw the money that on the ground that should we, should we pick it up? Does it matter? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, there was. Yeah, Is there a feeling in you yeah. at the time huh, that you shouldn't have picked up the money? I can't really remember that. But mm. um, See, to him it wasn't an important um, part yeah, of the event. I, I was never given any money to go to school anyway, so it was probably a real prize. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, and you know how when you're a child and you find something and oh, it's just like you just want to now you want to do something with it, something, right? And I don't, yeah. I don't even know whether it was a, your mother's rules or not that you shouldn't, you know, steal money or pick up, you know, yeah. even off off them. I can't really remember that far back. Linda? Um, just about money. Party picked up five dollars in the gutter a few weeks ago, and she brought it home and she asked me if it was stealing because she found it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, n nowadays, like just the other day, I was working at, at work in a big paddock building a shed. There's a ten-dollar note in the grass there, so I actually gave it back to the owner. And all the other boys are saying, "Keep it, idiot." Sort of. There are issues of truth involved in those transactions, obviously. You know, obviously, if you know somebody probably miss what's going on, then do what you can to, re to get it back to them. But this is, this is not part of this issue emotionally, is it, for Gary? The issue is that there's a very deep core emotion in Gary now where in every interaction with a close relationship, he feels so tempted to lie because he's just so terrified of telling the truth, even when there's probably going to be no result in telling the truth. But he has this feeling now within him that there's just going to be this constant, this constant fear. There must be that fear, like I was saying to you yesterday, about, I was uh, punching the bag, you know, with anger. Mm -hmm. Angie and I had an argument and I was punching the bag and for about an hour or so until I got that exhausted that I wanted to get to a, a causal emotion or whatever that I couldn't. So I went downtown. And uh, I was just looking in a kitchen shop, and this young fellow walked up the street, and I actually and I caught him in the corner of my eye, and I actually just froze with fear or terror, mm -hmm. and um, and I, I couldn't move my arms or legs or anything. I was just down the main street, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so there's something like terror or fear or something mm -hmm. um, in me that I've got to get to yet. So. Yeah. And can you see how much it's locked up Gary's life? Like, Gary can feel that very strongly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, so if it was divine truth that your mother was presenting, or these, or these, uh, you know, nuns were presenting to you, it wouldn't have resulted in more fear with you. Also, truth doesn't punish. Do you understand that? So, so if if you, in telling the truth, get punished, then the person doing that to you is ignorant <coughs> and they're not understanding some truths about God's truth. But they are automatic upon the soul. It's not about punishment. It's just about the consequences upon the soul that resonate with the universe. That, in fact, whenever you violate any law, there's a, just an automatic consequence on the soul. Right? It's not because of someone trying to punish you, trying to make you know you feel bad about yourself. It's just an automatic consequence. So, so why would you, as a parent? Or why would you as a friend, or why would you in any organisation try to punish a person more than what the gods, than the penalties that they've already received by violating law? Do you understand what I mean by that? Every time you have a desire to punish somebody for what they've done, you are actually yourself breaking God's law. You're actually usurping God in fact. Can you see that? You're putting yourself above God because God doesn't even do punishment. And if you do it, then what you are doing is you're saying, I'm, you know, I've got the right to punish or, or project punishment emotions at, these, at this adult. God doesn't do these things. So, so the, the key is every time I desire to do it, I'm out of harmony with God's truth. There's an emotion in me causing me to do that. Now in this case, obviously it's very difficult for a child to actually say to itself, mum was out of line and these nuns were out of line when all of these terrible emotions were projected at you, causing a lot of physical pain even and emotional pain inside of you that are now lived through your life. So one of the things that you are going to need to do to open it all up emotionally is start telling yourself the complete truth. One thing to remember is the truth is always emotional. Now if you do not tell yourself the complete truth, if you minimise it, justify it, shift the blame to someone else, repress it, deny it, and do all of those other things we talked about yesterday, if you do any of those things, what you're actually doing is locking up your own experience of truth. <coughs> so one of the things when you say, when you say, oh, but it was only, hmm. as soon as you say those words, oh, but it was only, and then mention what it is, it was only a 22. <laughs> as soon as you say that, you are actually minimising the truth. When you minimise the truth, what is actually happening now is you're locking up the emotion. That's the automatic result of your minimisation of truth. Does everyone understand that? As soon as you minimise the truth, justify it and, and shift the blame onto others, as soon as you do all of those other repressing things to the truth, what you're actually doing is actually repressing your emotions as well. That's what you're doing. Your emotions will only flow if you stay in truth. Because I was actually to a stage where I didn't care if she shot me that day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she went click and there was like no was bullet. Oh. And it was it right in me back, you know. So. Mm. And I was that man. That you couldn't care less anymore. Yeah, you know, I punched the wall and walked away from her after I got me off the roof. And then I was that man and angry that I, I couldn't care. Now, understand that this event didn't happen when Gary was little. I was like 21 or something. Mm. Okay. So he was actually now an adult being chased around by his mother with a, with a gun. 
Right? And could have been murdered, actually. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't care about Now, let's that. say the true about, truth about <coughs> Gary's mum. Now, this is not a judgement of Gary's mum. This is just the truth about Gary's mum. What emotions must be in this lady to drive her to actually chase her son around with a gun? So, huge rage towards men in particular, right? Which would be suppressing what kind of emotion? Huge amount of grief towards men. Right? That must be also there, you find? And what is she choosing to do? Not experience those emotions, but rather take them out on her son. And it creates, of course, a lot of things within you. Now, is what she did, from God's perspective, right? No. We need to say that. Is what she did toxic? Yes. Okay, so we need to say that. Just say the truth. Gary's mum was a toxic mother towards you. And to be honest, if Gary's mum was sitting in the audience, I'd be saying exactly the same thing to her. And if she couldn't accept that, then she just can't accept the truth. And it's not a judgement of her, because she has all of these other emotions inside of her that created all these things, right? And Gary doesn't need to go down that track of even knowing what they are, or having any commiseration for those emotions. Because if he does that, what is he doing? He's justifying her actions, which then also detunes me from my emotions, which detunes me from the truth. You follow me? So the only thing we can do is just state the complete truth about what she is doing and has done right now. Now many of you do not want to face the truth about what your parents have actually done to you or treated you as. Many of you also don't want to face what you have done as parents towards your own children. And in the end, if you want to feel all of your own emotions, you will need to face both of those things. Right? Because that's the truth. The truth can be accepted. So Gary's question earlier was, where was God's truth in that? The answer is, God's truth wasn't anywhere in that. That was all your mum acting on her personal truth, you know, your nuns acting on their personal truth, you being forced into conforming. And how did it feel for you in your heart? How did it feel for you at that moment? Of, of, um, when you were blamed for stealing? Blamed well, how did you feel then? Ashamed. Ashamed. And then how did you feel when you uh, um, then you had to go and sort of confess to lying and you never did that? <coughs> confess to stealing and you never did that. So you had to basically lie to lie. get out of it. How did you feel lie, then? Lie, yeah, for getting, um, I don't really know. And how did you feel about getting hurt, punished because of it? Twice? Yeah. Three times? You got used to that. You got used to that? <laughs> so that is another justification. How did you feel? Um, how does it feel? I always think, I think, <laughs> I always uh, think that she was doing the right thing by us by teaching us the right thing to do. Can you see why Gary's not experiencing emotion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. shutting, it, shutting it down, justifying it. You're her. justifying her behaviour. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. You think she meant well? Well, yeah, she said she, she said she meant well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just because someone says something, it doesn't mean it's true, right? Mary, you? I was just going to say, 
Exactly. Yeah. So, so what Gary was feeling was all of these other people's personal truths, but God's truth wasn't anywhere to be found, really, in in from from what happened to Gary, except that God wants Gary to understand the truth, and even then wanted him to understand the truth, and now wants you to understand the truth that God doesn't feel the way your mother feels. Yeah, I can understand that. No, you don't. Well, some of yeah, some of the weird things she done was. Um, well, let's look what's being projected onto God. <clears throat> what do you feel God is going to do when you let experience all of your emotions? What do you feel God's going to do? Oh, not punish me for that. For a start. No, that's what you think. It's yeah. not what you feel. Well, yeah. What do you feel? Well, what did your mother do? Punish me, yeah. So what do you think God's going to do? Yeah, punish me, yeah. I'll go to hell. <laughs> right, so the truth of the emotion inside of Gary is that he now believes that God is the same as his mother. Right? And you, you do believe that. Even though you think, you know, you've heard, we, we talked about all these truths about God, and you know God's not like that here. But you feel God is that here. Yeah, I think I'm one of the ones that... Yeah, you know, won't get there. Yeah, you have a deep feeling. Yeah. All right. So Gary, because he's lied most of his life because of these childhood events. Well, they've made up stories to make me a hero. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> as a kid, I've made up stories or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, as I've told them over and over and, and into adulthood. I've forgotten what the real truth is. Yeah. I've blown up the, the stories or whatever. So much that they're unrecognisable now, even to and yourself. And I don't even know what the truth is. Yeah. yeah. So that's how bad it got. Yeah. yeah. And that was all coming from the fear, wasn't it? All coming from this fear that. Well, terror. Yeah. Terror. Because we, we used to be, as kids, we'd be told to clean the house up or whatever. But then my mother would go off to vote. But then she'd come back and appear at a bedroom door and say, your mother told you kids to clean the house up. So and she'd make out she's an apparition. Yeah. yeah. And he used to scare the hell out of us. And then when she'd come home, we'd tell her that. And she'd say, you're mad, you're silly. Oh. You know? oh. And then I'd, we'd be in the old, I'd be in the thunderbox down in the backyard, playing with a candle on the wall, you know, playing with the matches. Yeah. And she'd appear in the, out of the dark and say, your mother told you not to play with the matches. Oh. And then she'd disappear. And then I'd run up and tell her. And she'd say, oh, you're silly, you know, you're mad. So what what was her what was her desire to terrify him? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that would be only that she would be trying to make us do the right thing. No, but see, there's where we make the step from what did she actually do, what's the truth of what she actually did, into trying to justify what she did, as there must be some loving reason. And as soon as we go into that state of trying to justify what she did, then we actually are stepping away from the emotion of how we actually felt about what she did, and we can't experience the emotion. There's a really, really good book for, the, for many of you that you may wish to read. It's called Toxic Parents. Um, I think it's Dr. Susan Forward is the, um, is the author. It's written in the 1960s. It was a very old book uh, from, you know, with... She was so blunt, right? One thing I love about that book, and this is something probably that 
need to consider reading as well. There's another book that Gary just met, uh, mentioned. Uh, that is about if you've experienced childhood abuse of any kind, you will probably want to read this book. It's um, it's a trilogy uh, called My Story um, by Dave Pelzer. P E L Z E R. P E L Z E R. And it's a it's a story about his childhood abuse, and then as he was growing into a teenager, and then now how it's affected him as an adult. And it's a really really good book. Uh, to help you connect with childhood emotions. Um, but Gary just mentioned that he didn't see much difference between Dave's life and his own. Apart from the bad things that happened to him. Some of the bad things, yeah. Some of the bad things that happened to him. Yeah. So, so the issue here is, what truth? If, what does God want us to do? God wants us to face all of the truth about what's happened to us. You follow me? God wants us to face all the truth about what's happened to us. Now, that means facing the truth of how people treated us really as it was. Not how we want it to be now, but how it really was. Right? How many of you were never hugged by your, parent, by your father? Never hugged. Can't even remember a time, except for maybe recently, maybe when he's grown up. Right? But never hugged as a child by your father. That's like more than half of the audience, right? How, how did that affect you? What's the truth about that? We felt not good enough and unloved. Yeah. Alright. Now, God wants you to face that truth. To just face it and experience that emotionally. That's what God wants. So, divine truth wants you to state the truth about everything. The truth about everything in your life. Everything that's happened to you but everything also that you've done to others. Like, I went to my boys and, and sat them both down. They were, they were 11 and 13. And I said to them, I've been, up to now, I've been a very terrible dad because I've projected on you emotions that now I can see in you and now you're starting to live those emotions in your life. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I made a promise to them that I'm not going to do that with them anymore. Right, at, once I recognised that occurred. You get, and I had to feel the emotions of that. So, you know, I spent many weeks crying about the damage that I've done to my, to my boys. Can you give an example, AJ, of what uh, In terms of what some of the oh, truth is? Like the emotion that you projected onto Okay, and um, I taught my boys, through my interaction with their mother, that a, a woman must always be acceded to. Like must always be like you must always do what the woman wants, and you must always try to protect and and be responsible for her emotions. So if she's crying, you need to cheer her up, you know, and you need to protect mummy from feeling bad. That's what I taught them. And guess what they're doing in their relationships? Mm -hmm. Protecting their women from feeling. Is that bad. because of your relationship with your mother? Uh, that was because of uh, it had to do with core emotions for me had to do with first century issues about my relationship with women and my mother and my feelings about how women were treated in the first century. So that was the core issue. But, um, it, you know, that's how I display it until I healed that emotion. 
The problem is that I created that emotion in my sons. I taught them how to interact with women through my behaviour. Right? And it, I, it wasn't by words. I didn't sit my sons down to say, this is how you must treat a woman. Mm. This is, but, but it was Sorry, totally by example. what I did. How I felt. And all of that projection they absorbed. And but we're doing our best, aren't we? Like you did your best. See, that was a justification. <laughs> I've had my father yell at me because he felt I did my best. And I'm telling him, no, whether you think I did my best or not is immaterial. I need to state the truth from God's perspective. Yeah. You follow me? So we need to clean that up with our children. We need to clean up everything. If you want to be at one with God, you're going to need to actually face the complete truth about everything that you've done and have had happened to you, right? And not justify it. Now, imagine you're just sitting down with your mother for a moment, or your father. Just imagine you're sitting down together. And, and like, just imagine Gary sitting here and I'm his mother, and he's saying to why, Mum, did you sh chase me around with a gun? And she says, well, you were an annoying little brat, actually. Right? And, you know, I just couldn't control myself sometimes, you know, you needed to buck up, you know. Now, how, do you, how would Gary feel with that interaction, do you think, if, if his mother said that to him? This is his mother's truth, by the way, at the moment. Well, he was responsible for her. She's just stomped on him big time, hasn't he? And she feel by saying that. So he's now exposing, he's asking a sincere <coughs> question and what she's saying. She is justifying her own behaviour and actually telling him that her behaviour was his fault. Mm. Right? Mm. And, and we do this with ourselves, with our parents' relationship, all the time. You are justifying to yourself, a lot of the time, your parents' behaviour towards yourself. And if your mothers or fathers now, you do that because you want to also justify to your own children your own behaviour towards them. Right? This is, a, this is a continual cycle that occurs. Throughout, throughout your life if you don't own these emotions. Now, important for you to come to understand is that if you are wanting to do that, you will never be at one with God. If you want to hold on to your emotions and project blame at others, people and not accept the truth, you will never become at one with God. So, how many of you feel like saying, oh, but AJ, my mother and father, you know, I love them now. How many of you feel, while, they were, while you were a child, you didn't really understand them, now you get them totally? How many of you feel that? Like, right? So, quite a few feel that. Right? Or, that you want to justify their behaviour. How many of you want to do that? Justify their behaviour. Why do you want to justify their behaviour? Because you do not want to feel the emotional truth of what their behaviour created in you. That's and why you want to say you really were, weren't very well loved. <laughs> yeah, at some point you have to say, my mother did not love me, and feel that emotion. You're going to have to accept that truth at some point. Well, she, my mother even told us that. Did also, she, she said she... Uh, she never even wanted us kids if she, um, she only married my father to get away from her mother. Mm. <laughs> if she had her time again, she'd never have us kids. Mm. So what, so what she's really saying? She said that often. Yeah. And, and the emotion you don't want to feel is if my mother can't love me, then 
nobody can love me, I'm unlovable. And that's the emotion that, you, that we often don't want to feel, like this emotion of I'm unlovable. Right? So, and, and quite often even with our own children, if we've done the same thing to them, we don't want to own up and say, you know, the truth is that no matter what reasons I had for doing what I did, the truth is I created this damage in you. And you can say whatever you like and justify my behaviour, whatever you like even, but I can't justify that anymore. Because the instant you start justifying it, you will instantly get away from the emotion of it. Right? And you need to not justify these things anymore, even to yourself. Yeah, what's the role of lack of awareness in that? Like, I seriously don't think my father knew that his anger was affecting us. It doesn't matter what you think your father knew or didn't know. Mm -hmm. The truth is his anger did affect you, and you just need to experience that. You yeah. follow me? Yeah. So don't, when you go down, but, but my father didn't understand, mm -hmm. what you're basically saying to yourself was, that's a good reason for him to do what he did. And then I'm jumping into his perspective. And, yeah. Straight away. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about the Toxic Parent book, and I recommend it's read, it's quite a good read, um, is that she constantly talks about how we step into the role of the parent mm -hmm. once we become an adult, mm -hmm. justifying our parents' actions to ourselves, to our inner child, right? and therefore never experiencing the emotion. Right? You're just <coughs> taking over the role they had. They were justifying their role to you, and now you're doing it to yourself. Right? And we need to stop all of that if we want to feel our emotion. So what would the divine truth do? What's the quality of divine truth? The divine truth wants you to say and feel absolutely what happened. Exactly as it happened. <coughs> Right? without any compromise, without any compromise. And in fact, if you look at one of the other things I've written, uh, Divine Truth, right at the top second page, Divine Truth does not and cannot compromise, even for the sake of peace. Right? How many of you would like to sit down and say to your parents, Mum, you did this. And how many of you know that they're just going to go off their rocker when you say it? And she's gone off a rocker. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that to her, but I can't say that to Dad because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when bad parents are already dead? You never had the chance to do that. Don't do that. It's not about... Um, in the end, like... You don't have to do this face to face with a person, although if the person is dead, as soon as you feel about them, they are there with you, generally. Mm -hmm. So let's say your father did some hurtful things, let's say he abused you as a child, right? and, and he's now passed. The instant that you feel about the abuse that he did to you as a child, he will feel an emotional connection to you in the spirit world, and he'll feel drawn into facing the issue. You follow me? Because he'll feel your pain, and he will feel that there's somehow a link between your pain and his responsibility. So this occurs whether they're alive, what, alive or dead, as we call it. Like there will be, in the end, this re resolution of these issues. Right? The key is for you to say the truth, even out loud. Like if he's died, just say the truth. Dad, you abused me. You sexually molested me. I was three years old. I didn't deserve that. You did it all because of all these things. And like if you're angry with him, 
I'm angry with you now. And I realise that I'm angry with you because I don't want to feel my sadness. But at the moment, this is how it is. I'm angry with you and I need to get to my sadness. And you know what? The reason why I don't want to feel my sadness is because you should be feeling it. Right? For me. I shouldn't have to feel it. You created it. You know, if these are the feelings that you have, just say them. Right? Now, while what I'm saying isn't harmonious with divine truth, it is living in your personal truth is that if that's how you're feeling right at that moment. And you also need to go down the track of saying, well, I, I know I'm really angry and I'm just denying these underlying emotions and I need to get to that place where I can feel those underlying emotions. But at the moment, I've got to go through this childhood rage to get to them. And I'm really angry and pissed off with you, Dad, for doing those things. Right? Does that help him in the spirit world? Does that also totally, yeah. totally. Every, one of, every time you speak the truth to another person, their heart changes, whether you notice the change or not. Now, sometimes the change is negative. You follow me? I, they put up more of a resistance to the, your, the truth, and they don't want to see you anymore. Like in my, my life, I've had my parents, one of my, one of my parents not speak to me for seven years. My sister didn't speak, hasn't spoken to me, still doesn't speak to me, 12, from 12 years ago. Right? Because of the issue of truth. But in the end, like you can live a happy life because you're in the state, remember I said at the start, when you're speaking truth all the time, you're in a state of power and love. And you will feel that, and you will feel that start happening. Every time you lie now, how do you feel? Yeah. And yet the lies are all generated by this fear, this terror. So what's the causal emotion you need to access? What do you firstly need to feel, do you think? About getting into trouble for lying. Exactly. So it's about the terror, the terror of punishment for telling the truth. So now there's an association Gary has. If I tell the truth, I'm going to be punished. I must lie to avoid punishment. This is the association. The only way to undo that is to feel the emotion of the terror of telling the truth. How terrified you feel about telling the truth. Once you feel and experience that emotion and release it, you will no longer be afraid of telling the truth and you'll be able to tell the truth. And ironically, at that point, you'll also no longer feel guilty for lying because you're not lying anymore. Does that make sense? So, until Gary feels the terror associated with truth, he will continue to lie, no matter how much he tries, intellectually, to start telling the truth. Until that emotion of the terror of the truth is released, you will continue to lie. Yeah, Son of a I've got to a stage where I, I just go from work to home and I don't even go for a coffee. And I've even given up coffee. Right. So I don't have to lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just saying, no, I feel like a coffee, yeah. so I'm going to go to have a coffee, and then I'm going to go home and tell Ange or whatever, I just had a coffee, and so what? Or ice cream. Or ice cream. Or a block of steak even. And you all know what I feel about eating meat. But if that's how he's feeling in his heart, he needs to go do that 
to be in the truth of that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then he will connect with the emotions. Why am I in this truth of this? What's the truth of this? Mm -hmm. So how does he get to the point of feeling that terror? Well, that is a choice in the end. That's the bit of responsibility. So what you've been doing up to now is you've been taking responsibility for your mother's emotion, minimising them, shifting the blame, you know, blaming yourself instead of her and so forth. That's not taking responsibility. Right? That is actually taking responsibility for someone else's emotion, not your own. Taking responsibility for your own emotion is saying the truth about how I feel about that event and then experiencing that truth. I was absolutely terrified and I need to go into that terror and breathe through it and do maybe some body work and do some inner child work to connect with that terror of how you've made this relationship between truth and fear. You know, this terror and fear, this terror and truth <coughs> relationship is deeply inside of you. Yeah. Well, I must have got right to that in the street the other night because I just... Yeah. You I'm froze. I've been so scared. Yeah. yeah. And there was absolutely no need for me because it was just a kid walking by, so... Mm. I just imagined that it was someone sneaking up on me again or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. So, so you're getting law of attraction events yeah. that are telling you, it's the terror, mate, it's the terror, it's the terror. This yeah. is where you need to go. This is what's preventing you from growing at the moment. Mm. So now there's, now there's lots of tools we can use to access terror. There's body work, you know, craniosacral work, some massage. There's all sorts of different things that we can do to, to actually access this terror and experience it. It's now just a matter of you making a choice to do that. Yeah. You know what the issue is. Mm. It's just a matter of accessing it and experiencing it now. Mm. And then it'll be God's truth. God's truth is that you actually are loved and cared for, mm. and when you tell the truth, you should never be punished. Mm. God never punishes a person for living in truth, ever. Shame come from basically. No, 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 no. Like, yes, the belief from the toxic shame. <laughs> the essence of, of him is bad and wrong. You're talking about yeah. terror and feel that. Where does the feeling, the, the whole, you know, completely I am bad? Once wrong, he accesses the terror and the relationship with truth, yeah. he will start living in truth. Yeah. Once he starts living in truth, yeah. the other emotions, which are the deeper core emotions of unworthiness, yes. shame, guilt, a lot, of, a lot of other underlying emotions will start flowing up. Right. At the moment what's happening is the terror is locking down the truth and the truth is locking down the emotion. The lack of truth is locking yeah. down the emotion. Yeah. So don't try to skip over all of that and say, oh, yeah, so the bottom issue is actually unworthiness. Yeah. Or the bottom issue is that he's ashamed of himself or that he's to blame. The problem with going to that point is sure, we can go there intellectually, yeah. but you just skipped over a heap of emotions. And, and you, this is why many of you are not allowed, uh, able to access your emotion because you're trying to skip to the end point first and fill that one. And you're not realising that there's these blocking emotions inside that first need to be filled. Terror, associations with truth that we've made, fear, and a lot of those kind of all blocking type of things are all need to be processed first. Yeah. So is it like until, until we get through those blocks and those things first, Depending on what age that is, it's like the child is still directing our life. Totally. 
the, state, the child is in a state of terror still. Yeah. You can force it if you want to actually, you know, be in a like Gary could force himself to tell the truth every single moment. Mm. But it's going to be a huge intellectual effort, mm. right? Because his desire from his heart is lie, lie, lie. Tell the truth, you're going to get in trouble. Lie, you know. That's <laughs> he's, he's really going. His little inner child say, lie now, lie now, lie now, lie. And if it's a, if it's a woman, what's his what's the inner child saying? Oh, lie more, lie more. <laughs> Right? So, so this is why his reactions with his interactions with men are a lot more honest than with women, and and the reason why is there's a lot of femininity injuries as well underneath all of that. But but if if we can't deal with the terror truth in relationship and feel that first, then are we ever going to stay in the truth about all of these other things? We're not even going to get to that place. So this is why you need to just experience the emotion of what you're in currently, right? The, the truth is that God wants you to stay in this state of truth. And I know we've got a bit off topic with this, but the, the important thing to understand is that when you're in a state of personal truth, you will in fact, in the end, access God's truth. Right? Only if you're in a state of personal truth emotionally and not intellectually or trying to force yourself to go down a track that you don't actually feel inside. So let's get back to honesty and ask the question, how many of you felt angry already today? Like you felt anger today, at any point? How many of you felt anger at any point? Now that's good. So you say to yourself, I was angry. What is anger again? Repression of? So it's a fear-based emotion, a suppression of underlying emotion, usually sadness or some other type of emotion. So I need to say that truth to myself as well. When I was angry, I chose to avoid my underlying emotion. Say the truth. You don't even have to sometimes know what it all is yet. All you need to do is start saying the truth to yourself all the time. And to others, of course. And you will quickly access things. What do you do with the conditioning that comes over a long period of time from having repeated situations... That's the first part. And the second part is, is, if it does undo the conditioning, do you relearn? Can you relearn? Can you undo the conditioning? Well, the whole thing of experiencing the emotional error fully is what undoes the conditioning. So the emotional error, remember, with all your emotions, there's a cause. Right? When you experience that cause, automatically all of the conditioning that happened around that cause starts to disappear and dissipate, right? And so what you end, end up with is the ability to feel God's truth now. What should have happened in that place and what you really are in that place. Not what actually other people told you you were. Or, uh, all of the emotions associated with truth and love, which include faith, courage and all those other things, start flowing to you when you stay in a condition of truth. Right? They all start flowing into you and you'll feel them flowing into you. They won't flow into you when you stay in a condition where you're dishonest with yourself. So if you're stuck in any of your emotional processing, right at that point, remember, you're probably being dishonest with yourself. Yeah. Can I just um, clarify something for myself? Something you said earlier about confronting somebody with the, some of the emotions that the damage that they've caused us. Yeah. Are you actually saying that you physically get in front of them or just... <coughs> in our room, speak to them as an imaginary person. 
I am saying firstly that you'll probably build up to this, right? So you'll probably first write a little letter to yourself about all these things that this person's done. Then sometimes you'll get to the point with, hang a sec, while I'm only doing it with myself, there's only one person involved in this transaction. And an act of love would actually be to tell them the truth about what I, what I feel they've done. Right? That's an act of love as well. You get to a point though, when you've dealt with all the emotions, that you no longer even need that. But, but you can't skip over all of these steps in between. And like many people I find, are always trying to skip over the and to the end. Like, we see ourselves, we have this definition of ourselves in our mind of this loving being, right? That we want to be. And so what we do is we try to act that being. But in reality we're full of all of these emotions. Can I call them perhaps even evil emotions sometimes? So they create bad things for us in many kinds, bad things for our life. And you know they can be quite evil at times, or they can be quite, let's call them fear-based emotions. They're all inside of us, right? But the outward betrayal, portrayal of ourselves is, oh, I'm this wonderful spiritual person. He's got everything together, right? Now, in reality, what we've just done is set up this huge lie. And do you think God's going to be able to connect to you in this lie state? God's not. So at some point you will need to start being truthful with everything and everyone around you. So, everyone. So to, to talk to this person, that will mean that everyone else around me and my family will have the truth of things. And that could destroy... No, it doesn't destroy anything. See, this is a false belief about truth. The truth is what creates everything. The truth never destroys. It's the error that destroys. Right? And it's the truth that exposes the error and the pain that a person feels in experiencing truth is not about them experiencing truth. It's about them feeling the law of compensation or the law of karma about the error. Do you follow me? So, for example, you know, in families, you see this a lot, where, where a lie has been perpetrated. Like, in my family, my mother had an affair, and my brother, my youngest brother, was a result of that affair, right? And, and, that, um, and my youngest brother was never told, and he was now 25 years old. Right? So he never knew. Sorry? Were you told? I was never told. None of us were ever told. Um, but I knew, when I was 10 years old, that my brother was the result of an affair. Now, my mother didn't realise that I knew. Or they thought that I'd covered it all up, right? So what I went is, I went to my mum and dad, and I sat down with them and said, look, in three months' time, if you haven't told my brother the truth, I'm going to tell him the truth. And I gave them three months, because I thought it might take them that long to work through some, some emotions about it, if they were going to. I probably could have given it a day or two, but I gave them three months. And then I went to my brother and said, Mum and Dad have got something to tell you, and if you haven't heard from him in three months, I'll tell you. <laughs> Did your father know? Yep, my father knew. Yep. What happened was my mother and father yelled... My mother went into this state of a, a week of shame, and she just cried uncontrollably for a week and released all of this emotion of, of shame about what, what she'd done 25 years earlier. 
She'd never released that shame until that point. Did you feel guilty for making her cry? Or no, her? no, not at all. You didn't? Because I knew by that stage that the truth was the most important thing. Was it actually your, your responsibility to say that truth mm -hmm. in that case? <laughs> Can you see what some of your beliefs yeah. about truth are? <clears throat> Why would it always be my responsibility to say the truth? Because you know the truth. Exactly. Has that never struck you before? <laughs> if you know the truth, why are you not saying it? Well, that's a, isn't that a fear? Am I living in love when I'm in fear? No. No. So if I'm in love, what would I do? I would tell the truth. If I know it, I would tell it. And if he had been not told to protect his feelings and then found out by someone that wasn't his family, then it would have been way more... Well, let me describe the whole event, because in the end, none of his feelings were protected by him not knowing the truth. What actually happened was that... Uh, so I'll describe some, what actually happened three months later, right? After my father got very, very angry with me, and, uh, and as a result of a lot of this anger, I had to... I was living at home at the time after a, um, a marriage breakup, and... And I had to leave the house, so so I had to live on my own. And it was a time I was going through some very core emotions of my own, where I was going through a breakdown of my own. So it was a really hard thing for me to even contemplate doing all these things. So now, um, there was well, my brother, who now doesn't know the truth yet. My parents who are in this really agitated state. My brother wanting to know why mum's upstairs crying for a whole week. Right, and uh, my brother's 25. I'm 35. Now, three months later, I went to my brother and I said, um, "Have mum and dad told you um, the truth yet?" And I knew that they hadn't. Uh, and uh, and he said, "Oh no, but I think I know what it is." And I said, "Oh, what do you think it is?" "Oh, oh you know, um, dad's not my dad." Mm -hmm. He'd known all that time in his heart, right? Because of the way he was treated by my parents. Right? And it caused him so much confusion because he could see he was being treated totally differently than the rest, than, than myself and my sister, Jenny. So Joel went in this state where he, he understood things really rapidly. Right? Now, my father refused to speak to me from seven years for seven years as a result of that. Right? My mother got very, very upset with me for three years, and my brother didn't speak to me for three years either. <coughs> Why didn't your brother speak to you? Uh, because he felt um, that, that uh, I was too open with the truth, and he felt ashamed of himself being the product of an affair, which of course is his mother's shame that he was unwilling to experience, and in fact still has not experienced. He refuses to experience that shame. That is a part of mum's emotions that were passed down to him. So instead of experiencing that shame, he wanted to get angry with me, which is what he did. And it took him three years to work through that. Right. Now, my feelings were that it was all great. <laughs> because, firstly, I gave every single person an opportunity to experience the truth. And I didn't make the choice for them which is an act of love. When you make a choice for someone else, it's no longer an act of love. Can you see why? It's no control. So if I make the choice to not tell you the truth, 
I am actually controlling you. Because I feel you're not going to cope with the truth, right? So what am I making? I'm making a decision for you. I'm saying that you're not going to cope with the truth, so I'm not going to tell you it. I'm making a decision for you. And what am I doing? I'm harming <coughs> your free will doing that. You have complete control over your life, which means that when you find out the truth, you have complete control and responsibility for everything you choose to do as a result of knowing that truth. And I'm not responsible for any of that. So this is why I've said, right, remember right back at the first time you met me? Most of you, a lot of you, it was you low here in January, right? And I sat down with you, the first truth I need to tell you was who I am. Why did I have to do that? Because if we got to this stage, and then I started saying to you, oh, by the way, I'm Jesus, how would you react to that? Wouldn't you feel duped and lied to and deceived and all these different feelings you would have? And in fact, you'd be justified in having them because I made a decision for you. I made it, if I had not told you then, I would, have, I would have made a decision for you that you couldn't cope with that. Right? That you couldn't cope emotionally with that truth. And in doing that, I'm in error. You follow me? And as soon as I'm in error, I'm, my connection with God's lost now. So it's very important for you to do the same thing. Stay in the truth at all times with all of your reactions and interactions. Yeah. I'm quite confused now because before when you were talking about when you told your mother, um, you know, your son or brother. Yeah. Because I also told my brothers something that had happened. Yep. And then my brothers went to my brother-in-law because he knew the truth. Yeah. Yep. But then they turned it all back on me. Yeah. Like the one brother yeah. who believes me yeah. and understood everything. Yeah. But these others weren't like they couldn't even tell me or they, they tried to stop it in my father's funeral. So what's the emotion you're feeling? Well, was... Do you